the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, 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 Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Another great show coming up for you, and uh, we will uh, we will speak with a couple of very interesting guests. Uh, a woman, uh, vice president over at uh, Priest for Life, Dr. Janet Morano. Morana, excuse me, who's written a book, Everything You Need to Know About Abortion for Teens. And also we will uh, uh, spend a few moments and we'll talk with, uh, I, I mentioned yesterday, Stefano Generale from the um, Center for Family and Human Rights. He is a watchdog up at the UN on what's going on with abortion and uh, the uh, and the UN tacking to the left. So we've got all that, and um, we will get a lot more. But first, what you need to know. I, I don't know how to get into this correctly today, but I, I, first I want to set up that Joe Biden uh, decided from the White House as President of the United States to say uh, that the MAGA movement is the most extreme movement ever most extreme organization of citizens ever in this country um he may be one of the more despicable leaders we've ever had because even the people at the time of say the civil war and lincoln for example didn't speak about the people they disagreed with in this way uh it's unheard of and i i I have to say i think it's partly because he's addled it's partly because he's an addled old dude uh but it's also because he's come to the end of his road politically where for 50 years he's been um sort of a liar and now he's full-on had to go all the way now what do i mean by that well he he um for most of his career he would say something like well i'm a christian i'm a catholic and I'm personally pro-life. I don't like abortion, but I would never want to impose my view on other people. Uh, and then meanwhile, as a good liberal Democrat, he would go about imposing his will on other people. I mean, in fact, that's what the law is. The law is making sure that the will of the, of the nation is imposed on the nation. We don't allow murder, for example. We shouldn't allow our borders to be open. Another example. And so you, you, the, the idea that you say that is such a lie, but he's gone full liar now. He's decided that he's pandering so blatantly to the pro-abortion, the big money of the pro-abortion movement that funds the Democratic Party. That he's just gone all the way over. It's pathetic. It's pathetic. And it's sad. And it's empty. It's hollow. It's... You know, if you think about the pro-abortion position, no one will say what the truth is, which is that they're going to pick their own life over the life of a baby. That's the choice. They don't believe it's a baby, many of them, but that's what they say. Pro-lifers say we think it's a baby, so we want to protect it. It's a kind of cleaner thing. Pro-abortion people say, well, you know, we want to protect uh, people's options. People have a right to their own destiny, their body, all that stuff. No, what you truly are saying is you believe your life your body, your convenience is bigger than another life. And I'm not saying that's okay. I'm saying just be honest about the argument. And he's not doing that. Well, what you need to know is it's all about the money. It's all about the power. And the abortion industry, which is truly, in my, in my estimation, I'm not making this up. I'm not saying this is like a, a dramatic. I actually think it's evil. 
Because what the abortion industry, Planned Parenthood and its entities around it, what they do is demean the human person, both the baby that dies and is killed, and also the woman and, and even men, for that matter, who are, who are made into less than human. They're just functionaries of preferences that are not rooted in anything substantial. Or, or maybe I shouldn't say it that way. You're, you're tricked into thinking it's substantial when it's hollow. It's empty. But here's the trick. Here's the thing that's happening. It's a money play. It's a money play. On the front page of Politico, you see an article, and I've told you before, you have to watch Politico.com and a few other places to see what the left is thinking. And generally, and I say this sincerely, with more sophistication, Politico is not like, uh, you know, Code Pink, their website or Planned Parenthood's website. Politico is left. It is left, and it is going to serve the left, but it's going to do so in a sort of way you got to read through it, and you got to understand they're clever. And so the front page of Politico during the day on Thursday was all kinds of writings, and a big headline was about uh, birth control and over-the-counter birth control, that you shouldn't need a prescription for birth control, and by extension, what they really mean is the chemical provision of abortion. And here's where we're back to the money. There's lots of money in being the entities that provide the chemicals that are used by people to end a life, to have an abortion, and for birth control. And we have seen, and it's not talked about enough, but we have seen the data that says the chemical birth controls, and of course the chemical abortions, are more damaging to women than has ever been discussed. The hormones that are required for women to be on the pill They've adjusted them over the years. It used to about 25 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, you were on a dose that was like a, like a sized for a horse instead of a human, instead of a woman. And they've adjusted that over time. And, but it's big business. It's big business. The business around Planned Parenthood and the abortion industry is big money. Big money is a better word, not big business. It's big money. And the big money, what you need to know is directionally, Always liberal, always Democrat, always about control. So when you see uh, Governor Pritzker of Illinois say that no matter what happens, Illinois will be a bastion of abortion. If it's ba- if it, the Supreme Court says that Roe v. Wade is not a fundamental right, well, Illinois will be the place to come. That's money. Big money. Big money if that's what you want to do. If you're willing to sell your soul, in my opinion, Pritzker probably doesn't think that. I don't know what he thinks. But it's big money and... It's big money for candidates. So when Joe Biden talks about his gradual change to being a rabid rabid anti-life, a pro-abortion guy, it it was, it's a money, it's a money. And I mean, campaign money. You can't run for president and be pro-life. You can, as a Democrat, you can no longer be a Democrat at almost any level, but certainly at the federal level in Congress, they last the, they ran the last pro-life Democrat out of the U.S. House, Dan Lipinski from Illinois. Ran him out. They ran a primary against him. AOC, Pelosi, back to primary opponent because he was pro-life. So what you need to know is the abortion fight and the fight over Planned Parenthood, it's, it's always been about money. At its heart, I someday when I we all have, when we all have omniscience in heaven, God help us and God willing, we'll find out that there were some really evil people at the heart of it. I do believe that. 
When you hear Dr. Bernard Nathanson, the late Dr. Bernard Nathanson, who was the sort of inventor of NARAL and an abortionist himself who became a convert and then turned against abortion, actually became a, a devout Catholic towards the end of his life. When you hear him say, we made it up. We made up the numbers. We made up the statistics. We made up the stories because we believe so fervently. I think when we have all knowing, if we could know everything, if we could see into the hearts of men and go and, and go sort of above and be like God, I think you'd see some real evil, some really evil people at the heart of this. But around them are people motivated by money. And they're willing to do anything they can for money, and they're even selling their soul and, 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 and aborting their babies. I'm, I'm talking about the leaders now. I'm not the rest of the country you watch, and we're watching it happen in real time. The leaker of the Alito draft opinion is being called a hero by the left, and the media is writing the stories as if they are saying it's a crisis in this country because the Supreme Court has said. Not that anything's banned, just that the ruling that made it a fundamental right is no longer valid. They're putting up high walls around the Supreme Court, preparing for the same, I mean, you almost want to call 1-800-RIOT. And you get the 1-800-RIOT, you get the number, and they say, do you want it to look like Antifa after George Floyd? Or do you want it to look like Ferguson after Michael Brown? Or, or do you want it to look like uh, January of 2017 uh, when you're swearing in Donald Trump? Which riot do you want to buy politically? Because we'll pay for it. And we'll get it set up. And we'll have the media join in. And the hoax will be that America cares about having a fundamental right to privacy and abortion created out of whole cloth 50 years ago. They care more about that than they do about anything else. That's what the media, the narrative machine, big tech, big money, and big government will enforce. And you know what? For a whole bunch of Americans, it will be enough. They will be convinced. And for a whole bunch of Americans, they will never know, they'll never see that behind the curtain is follow the money, is people that make money millions, billions of dollars over the 50 years, hundreds of millions of dollars a year off of abortion from the government, federal government, state government, local government, Planned Parenthood, all these groups. What you need to know is it's bigger. It's almost the biggest battle ever. Yes, it's about life. Yes, it's about darkness and light, but it's also about fundamentally power. And the left has amassed power in such a way, and, and it's been bolstered by the, the money and the support through the abortion movement, which government funds. In the interview, I told you, I recorded it the other day. Uh, I recorded it yesterday. We're going to talk uh, in just a few moments. You'll hear the recording that I did. Uh, with uh, Stefano Gennarini, and he'll tell you that they, 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 in the four years of Trump, they were trying to change the direction on funding for abortion, funding for abortion agencies, and it was slow because the bureaucrats hold it up because it's big, big business in the world, in America, in your neighborhood, in our lives. All right, that's what you need to know. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. we got these great interviews. I'm Ed Martin. It's the Pro-America Report. Please do me a favor. Share this. Uh, like it. Pass it on to other people. Visit ProAmericaReport.com where there's linkable uh, single segments. You can send them out. We'll be right back. Ed Martin on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. <music> 
Uh, welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Very interesting guest. I've been looking forward to speaking with him. Uh, Stefano Gennarini is the vice president over at the uh, Center for Family and Human Rights, CFAM, people hear of it, uh, hear it called. Uh, he's the vice president for legal studies there and uh, represents CFAM up at the UN, which is where they do a, a lot of their monitoring. They're uh, checking things out all over the world. If you haven't uh, visited and seen what CFAM does, I've talked about it in the past. It's really well worth it. Uh, our, our guest, uh, Stefano, is a uh, graduate of Notre Dame Law School uh, and uh, has um, a, 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 was a legal fellow, Blackstone Legal Fellow, which if you don't know that term is a, uh, a big deal. It's an important uh, fellowship. So first of all, welcome, sir. How are you? Very well. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you. And uh, we were scheduled this before we were we knew we were going to get such a dramatic uh, set of uh, facts um, from uh, uh, Joe Biden, where, you know, we were talking about how the Biden administration is kind of pushing at the U.N. Uh, some of the left wing views. Now we've seen in the last uh, 24 hours, Joe Biden has sort of doubled and tripled and quadrupled down on his commitment to abortion. Uh, but tell me first, I, you've been how long at the at the U.N.? How many years have you been there uh, working there? I mean, I, I've, I've been seen- here. Uh, roughly 10 years. Okay. So you've seen this back and forth, even before you went Obama and then Trump and then uh, Biden. Tell me though, the, 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 the sort of tenor shift, the tone shift from uh, the Trump administration to the Biden administration on the key issues that CFAM cares about. So Obama was very aggressive in promoting abortion and LGBT rights. Um, with the Trump administration, we were able to, to rein back a lot of the, uh, abortion activism, uh-huh. um, but it was it was like playing a game of whack-a-mole because of the the deep state and the the, the federal bureaucracy. So while we we were able, for example, to to block a lot of initiatives, we 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 weren't as uh, nearly as successful in promoting a sort of a pro-life approach. Uh, sadly, uh-huh. uh, that would take a mu- that would have that would have been something to look forward to in the second term. Sadly, <laughs> we never we never got that. Right. But um, now with the Biden administration, we're seeing a return to really aggressive pro-abortion and um, pro-homosexual trans um, ide- um, advocacy. Huh. It, it, so, uh, and again, um, uh, let me say we're talking to uh, Stefano Gennarini, uh, Vice President of Legal Stuff for Legal Studies at the Center for Family and Human Rights, CFAM. Uh, so what does it mean when you have an aggressive Biden administration on the on issues of abortion and LGBT issues? How does that play out at the UN? Is it is it they let everybody else run wild? Is it they lead on these issues? Is it um, as simple as uh, sort of a wink and a nod? What's tell me what it means? Well, the United States is um, the single largest funder of the UN system and the most powerful country on earth. Whenever a U.S. diplomat says something in a UN negotiation. It matters. People will lift their heads and turn around and uh, try to understand whether this is actually uh, a national priority for the United States, something that's coming from Washington, D.C., or coming from somebody important in the government, because um, they don't want to be on the wrong end of it. And they don't want to be opposing the United States in one of their priorities unless it is absolutely conflicting with their own national right. priorities. Right. Um, it's just the way, you know, diplomats tend to be, tend to be the ones who have to follow orders here. So they're, they only represent their country and they will only take a position against a more powerful countries if it is necessary to advance their own interests. 
And so it, it really is, it's, it's generally very bad for a diplomat to oppose the United States unless they have to, or if they're, unless they're obviously a strategic uh, rival, um, which happens all the time. You know, most of, most of UN negotiations are really jockeying back and forth between China, uh, Russia, Iran, and the US and the EU and, right. and, the, and the other allies. So how does that, by the way, how does it play out right now when you have such an obvious uh, set of, of tension with uh, Russia? Because Russia still has, uh, from its from the founding of the UN, uh, a Security Council position and a veto, right? So we're in a proxy war with a nation that's sitting at the UN vetoing anything we want. But more importantly, um, more often than not right now, the Biden administration, at least on some of the uh, some of the uh, some of the issues is is leading the world in the liberal direction, right? Yes, it, it, very much so. I mean, uh, you know, there, there's much said about the fact that Russia has veto power in the Security Council, um, you know, but when when the when the when the UN Charter was adopted, uh, you know, our our diplomats and our political leaders understood very well what that would mean in the future. It would mean that Russia could veto had the power to veto in the Security Council. The the issue now is that um, Russia is is trying to fight for to keep its, its seat on the Security Council because it's finding it increasingly harder to justify the fact that it is a Security Council member, not because it's a human rights abuser, because it's always been a human rights abuser, and it's had worse human rights abuses in the past under Soviet communism, um, but because uh, Russia has lost a lot of its military power, as we are witnessing now in Ukraine. Mm. And therefore, uh, Russia is, is fighting to remain relevant in when it comes to security, because there are other countries that have uh, um, very strong militaries and strong economic uh, uh, and they are strong economic powers like India, uh, Pakistan, um, and Nigeria, in, in Egypt. There are many countries who, who would like a seat on the Security Council, a permanent seat. And uh, it, it's increasingly hard for, for Russia to justify that seat. And there, Putin has, has, has publicly defended Russia's seat in the Security Council in recent years, something that has never had to happen in the past. Which which that just just gives you an idea of how embattled they are. Uh, again, uh, we we are uh, talking to Stefano Gennarini, uh, the vice president for uh, the Center for Legal Studies at CFAM. If you go to C dash fam fam dot org, uh, you'll see. And uh, Austin Roos has been on the program a, a number of times. Um, uh, what what happens when the um you, wh- what happens when the United States? So the leader of the United States, the president, yesterday, um, so clearly signals his support for abortion. And and then let me say it differently. A lot of the abortion debate is about money. And it's not just Planned Parenthood, it's internationally. As you mentioned, the interests that line up and say, hey, I want to get to the largesse of America, uh, even when they're even when they're stingy, they're spending more than anyone else in the world in terms of foreign aid. I better get on the right side of these issues. It, it, how does that, how does the money uh, flow now that we have such a pro-abortion president? Um, surprisingly, it's flowing in the same directions. I mean, there have been, you know, there, you can expect that, you know, the abortion groups and the powerful LGBT groups around the world, you know, their their uh, their leaders are going to get a, a nice bonus, you know, or have been getting nice bonuses uh, because of the Biden administration. Um, so and their organizations receiving more 
funding from the U.S. government. But overall, it's pretty steady. Um, even under the Trump administration, abortion groups kept receiving funding, um, and they certainly um, were not. Uh, and, and this is both domestic and international groups. So it, it's it, it takes a long time to shift the direction of a bureaucracy. And a lot of that funding that is coming to these abortion groups is all scripted and assigned by federal entrenched federal bureaucrats who would would skirt the Mexico City policy, which pro prohibits uh, funding abortion groups uh, under Republican administrations, um, or find loopholes in it to to continue funding abortion groups. Um, so yes, yeah, so right now we have a situation uh, globally where there is a powerful abortion lobby um, and homosexual trans rights lobby around the world. And it's funded largely through the largesse of uh, taxpayers. We were spoke, speaking um, um, recently with uh, Bob Destro, who was uh, heading the, the State Department office for human rights, um, also known as DRL, Democracy, Human Rights and Labor. And uh, he was telling us that, you know, it, it seems in many in many countries, it seems like um, promoting LGBT and sexual reproductive health, code word for abortion, is the only priority of the of the United States. Um, so, but let me, but I, not, I want to pause, though. I want to go back for one second. Um, your point here is that notwithstanding the attention that the um, Trump administration and President Trump even gave to saying, hey, we should stop this. They weren't really able to stop it because it's like a freight train that's rolling at 60 miles an hour. You can start to hit the brakes. Even if you really mean it, you can't stop on a dime. And by the time you got through three and a half years and an election was coming, everybody holds and they change over and you're back the other way. Is that sound? Is that is that fair or or would you that's, say or that's would you totally fair? And it's also a matter of um, divisions within the Trump administration right, itself. Right. I, I mean, say. we know, for example, you know, there was the Jared and Ivanka shop in there, which blocked uh, several attempts to to be more right. pro-life, right, including right. to to defund. Right, right. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say um, it's not fair to say it's only that. But I just to give you a um, uh, anecdote and and, and uh, let me say one more time, we were talking with uh, Stefano uh, Gennarini, the uh, vice president for legal studies at the Center for Family and Human Rights. I'll put it all up on social media, make sure people can see it. C-FAM.org is the website, the Center for Family and Human Rights. Uh, I often tell the story that when I was chief of staff to the governor of Missouri, it took us about six months to find out that one bureaucrat was allowing money to come in from the federal government and out to Planned Parenthood. And and we didn't, you know, we were asking, we finally said, I asked the right question. They had to answer the question correctly and they couldn't lie about it. And therefore they got caught and we fired them and stopped the funding. But it was a, a good example of the bureaucrats that burrow down and have a million ways to fight you. And I guess that's one of the factors after however many decades, right? The, the UN has certainly built up uh, a bureaucracy that can slow the change, the course, if they don't like the direction. Does that sound right? Oh, absolutely. I'll just tell you one figure that's really enlightening, if you think about it. Uh, the UN bureaucracy can count over 110,000 employees throughout the world. Um, that's, that's more than the U.S. State Department and USAID combined. So, wow. which have, I think, wow. my understanding, I think it's, it's roughly 60, 65,000 employees. So, I mean, if, if in terms of, if in terms of the global reach, global influence and power, uh, the UN bureaucracy, it, well, and 
um, has has the reach certainly and and the influence. If it were if it, it were to operate in a more consistent way and according to a uh, a more um, instead of being sort of divided between different spheres of influence between countries, it could certainly um, be be of a thorn in the side of the United States if it wants to. Hmm. It's an amazing, amazing topic. Well, I, I thank you for taking the time to be on with us. We, we should do this again where we have even more time, uh, uh, but I've got to run. Stefano Gennarini, uh, Vice President for Legal Studies, Center for Family and Human Rights. Again, uh, CFAM, we often refer to it. And if you go to c-fam.org on the website, find out more. Thank you, sir, for the time. Great talking to you. Thank you. Okay, we'll take a break, everybody. I'll put this up on social media over there, and we'll try to get some. I'll try to get some more of uh, what I see on the website that will help inform us. A very interesting, important topic, uh, and we will take a break. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Don't forget, it's proamericareport.com where you can go over uh, and uh, check out all this stuff. Uh, take a quick break. Be right back uh, here, Ed Martin. <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Uh, I'm really interested to speak next with uh, Dr. Janet Moreno. Uh, Morena, excuse me. She's the executive director of Priest for Life. Uh, amazing uh, career. And of course, helping Father Pavone is a frequent guest on this program. Uh, but in her own right, she has a new book, which is perfectly timed in a way. There's so much conversation about abortion and, uh, and, and sort of as we've talked about on the program, um, if you're going to, if you're going to be pro-life and the law changes, it's going to be a lot of opportunity to talk to people about about how what that means and what is happening, which is a great moment of, of teaching and education. So, Janet, first of all, welcome to the program. How are you? Well, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be with you. So before we get to your book, and the book, by the way, is called Everything You Need to Know About Abortion for Teens, which is important, uh, wonderful. I have teens, uh, uh, Janet, so it's um, important to me. Before we get to that, how, how do you, uh, this week, with the draft opinion of Justice Alito that was leaked and the uh, <laughs> ramping up of the rhetoric from the White House, from President Biden, how, right. what's, your, what's your reaction? What are your thoughts right now? Well, well, first of all, you know, I hope they find out who did the leak because what that we should be all upset, whether you're pro-abortion or pro-life, because you they have just compromised the confidentiality of our of our Supreme Court. You know, the justices at this point, they've been freely, you know, dialoguing back and forth and doing opinions with this great sense of trust. Well, that's been shattered now. And, you know, you can't get that back. So that everyone should be upset about that point first. But this hysteria that's going on on the left is, is totally unfounded. First of all, when Roe v. Wade goes away, it goes back to the states, which is what it was before Roe. Right. Uh, before Roe, there were about, and I, I talk about this in my book, there were seven states that already had legalized abortion. And what's happened now in our country, uh, there are so many states that are just doing abortion to birth. New York, yeah. California, Vermont, Illinois. I mean, the list keeps growing. Hawaii. And so you're always you're always going to have abortion. It's not like, oh, my gosh, that, and they're showing the coat hangers and these protests in front of the court. Ridiculous. Right. You're going to have abortion. What it means is the will of the people is, is what counts, the people in that state. And I point out in my book, by the way, that even in, in the colonies, the 13 colonies, did you know that there were some colonies that had abortion as legal and some illegal? And back then, um, it was illegal to abort a baby uh, until quickening, you know, when the mommy could feel the movement of the baby inside her. You couldn't do it once quickening occurred because back then, of course, they don't have the tests we have now. So abortion has been around, you know, since the beginning of times, actually. I, the first recorded uh, mention of, of a woman trying to terminate her pregnancy I found was all the way back 1500 B.C. in Egypt. OK, yeah. but 
What I talk about in the book and about uh, the women who've had abortions is so many women would never have considered an abortion if it wasn't legal. Legality gives permission. All right. So Mm -hmm. a lot of babies will be saved. Women will be saved if Roe overturns, because in the pro-life states, they will protect the unborn child, which every baby that's saved saves a mom and dad from the grief and regret. And there's plenty of that in my book because I co-founded the Silent No More Awareness campaign where the men and women and grandparents were all speaking about about the regret of aborting um, their their child or grandchild. And so um, in this book, everything you need to know about abortion for teens, I really show them the history. How many people do you know knew? Norma McCorvey was a good friend of mine. I knew I knew Sandra Kano, the uh, Doe and Dovey Bolton. There were two cases <laughs> that were that right. day, Roe v. Wade and Dovey Bolton. I knew them both. And I also knew Dr. Bernard Nathanson, who was the architect of the abortion industry, who later became pro-life and then eventually uh, Catholic. So mm-hmm. I tell the kids, this is not about, you know, what's on Wikipedia. No, I knew the people. And so I tell them the stories of how it happened and what happened. And I think that will help them to see that this whole abortion industry was built on lies. Even Dr. Nathanson said that. When they talked about how many women died from legal abortion, Dr. Nathanson said, oh yeah, we made it up, 10,000. We just took it out of thin air, he said, the figure, out of thin air. And people, you know, women still die from legal abortion. It still happens, but no one talks about that. And the other thing, final thing is, Medical abortion, RU486 or the uh, medical abortion pill, chemical abortion, whatever words you want to use, because of Biden and the FDA, they have now made it legal to just send it through the mail. So women can have an abortion at home. Okay. now there's only about I think it is about 19 states say you're not allowed to mail it into our state because we have laws protecting women and babies here. However, there's no teeth to those laws. Who is, who's checking the drug companies, let's say, that they're not mailing the pills into Texas or Oklahoma? You see what I'm saying? So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and uh, I mean, I want to come back to that. Um, I, I, well, I, I'll stay with it. One of the things of COVID, the pandemic was used for a lot of things. And, and one of the right. things that they did was they said, we're going to allow mail, U.S. Postal right. to mail lots of things. And uh, the abortion industry said, oh, good. And watch this. And when they and I think I hope and pray the Trump administration, if there was a second term, would have said, well, COVID's over. Stop doing that. The Biden administration came right in and said, hey, great. Well, let's solidify extend that. It. So, yeah, right. extend it and solidify it and make it so. And as you point out, um, abortion is big money. I mean, it's big, big money. And on now it's now it's big money going right. Right up next to, uh, you know, Big Pharma, who is saying, hey, we, we want, you know, we can sell. So it's there's a lot there. But I want to go back. We're talking again with uh, uh, Dr. Janet Morana, and her book is Everything You Need to Know About Abortion, priestforlife.org. You can see link through to it. But for teens. But Janet, is is it true when people say optimistically that younger people ha- are more open to being pro-life in part because of the technology, they they see things differently than in nineteen you know seventy three when you, right. you might you waited to feel the baby move and right, right. is oh, that true? Absolutely, and that's one of the things I put in my book. I actually have um, uh, sixteen p- pictures right smack dab in the middle of the book that says "Meet the Unborn Child," and it starts when that baby is just seven weeks old, and you see a baby with fingers and toes and everything. And I show the, the baby as it develops in utero, and there's no doubt this is not a clump of cells. This is a real baby. 
And the baby is talking to them, telling them what they can do right now. Look at me. I can uh, suck my thumb. Oh, look at me. I can do this and that. So I put those pictures in the book deliberately because the young people, they are more pro-life for two reasons. Number one, they could, if they, you were born after 73, you could have been aborted. And number two, they look at the science and they look at the pictures and they say, well, that's a baby. You shouldn't be able to kill a baby. They, they get it. And by the way, if they want to order the book, they can just go to abortionandteens.com, special oh, webpage good. I have set up. Simple, oh, abortionandteens.com. Just go there. You can place an order. I'll personally autograph it for you. Uh, and, you know, the book I wrote for teens, but guess what, grownups? You, could, you should be reading it, too, because it is chock full of information. I talk about the hard cases, all right? You know, mm-hmm. everyone says, what about the woman who's raped? What about a uh, life of the mother? What about if there's something wrong with the baby? I cover it all. And I also cover about premarital marital sex and all the diseases, STDs, and everything that are rampant to show the kids, you know, you're going to jeopardize your own health if you go down that road. And then I have a whole part in there about chastity and and some good resources for them so the goal of the book really is to show them that even you know like they say just listen to the science well that's what i'm saying in the book listen to the science and listen to the people who've had abortions that this didn't solve their problem it created so many other problems you know the voices of experience trump the political rhetoric so my hope is by reading this book i say you know, before your kids go off to college, they better read the book this summer. (laughs) So they're protected when they go out into that other environment because Planned Parenthood, they're embedded in college campuses. They're all over the place. And so we've got to really inform our young people so they're protected with the knowledge and the facts. And the other thing I tell the kids is, you know what? Even if you wouldn't consider having an abortion, you might come across a roommate who's considering an abortion or someone in your dorm. You could save a life today by not being silent and speaking just the facts to that person. You might save them from the grief and saving that baby, too. So that's my goal. Yeah. uh, Well, we're talking with Dr. Janet Marana, and she's executive director of Priest for Life, co-founder Silent No More Awareness Campaign. Her book, again, is uh, called Everything You Need to Know About Abortion for Teens, as she mentioned, good for adults. And probably, you know, they they used to joke about, uh, I think it was Trump. They said he's in since 1980 till today, he's he's changed his speaking. He speaks to like a sixth grade level instead of a 10th grade level. Probably a lot of us could afford to read stuff written for teens because we need to simplify things. So it's a great point. Uh, But Janet, um, the, I have a question now about what happens. What what happens when we're living in a nation, which I know you 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 have had to address from your work, where fifty million, sixty million, some number a million, right? It's millions, tens of millions of people have had abortions. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a lot of people, the, the the you know they won't. You can't get people to make an art. Pro-abortion people won't get up and say, I'm for abortion because you shouldn't be. I want to choose my life and convenience over yours. They say all kinds of other things. And pro-lifers say, hey, we think it's a life. You know, it's a kind of a cleaner argument. But there's a part of the, the guilt. And, and I, I, I wonder about how the, the forgiveness thing fits in. You know, it's almost like you can forget but that doesn't really solve it. And a lot of people that don't have, for example, sacramental uh, forgiveness, right, uh, as Catholics would or other forms, it's, uh, it, it, and, and kids, young people, don't want to be too judgmental, right? They're, they're conditioned to not be too judgmental not to, and to be more tolerant. And there's something that feels Christian about being tolerant, right? But it, kind, mm-hmm. but it's yeah. not when it's against the truth. And, and I, I don't know, how, what, you see what I'm saying? 
Well, you know, just because we are fighting to bring an end to abortion doesn't mean we're condemning anyone who's had an abortion. And, you know, I, like I said, uh, under our authority here at Priest for Life, we have Rachel's Minion, the largest international uh, retreat program all over the world, healing from abortion. So our message to those who've had abortion is we're not here to condemn you. No, we're here to lift you up out of those feelings of regret and despair and offer you hope so you can be reconciled back with the Lord, but also too, uh, so that you can be reconciled with yourself. That, you know, that we understand there were maybe circumstances that caused you to go have that abortion. You felt you had no other choice because that was the circumstances at the time. So we're not here to condemn you. We're here to welcome you back and to get you healed and have a mech. You can go to a special website, abortionforgiveness.com. Again, abortionforgiveness.com. Put your zip code in there. You'll see where the nearest Rachel's Vineyard Save One Bible mm-hmm. Study Program, where the resources are there to help heal the wounded nation we have because you just said that. We have 63 million and counting babies who died since Roe v. Wade, 63 million plus. And that's only the ones that we can get statistics from the CDC and states like New York and California don't even have to report their statistics. So you can imagine how much bigger the problem really is. But we are not about condemning anyone who's had an abortion. We're here to offer them hope, healing and forgiveness. Uh, well, uh, thank you, uh, Dr. Janet Marana, for coming on and for talking about this. I think it's so important. The book is Everything You Need to Know About Abortion for Teens, a special website, uh, Abortion and Teens. Is that right? Abortionandteens.com. Abortionandteens.com. Go there to buy the book. It'll show autograph. And, and, uh, and uh, thanks uh, very much. We'll have you on again. It's an important time and uh, great timing for your book in terms of, I think, the conversations that need to be had. And uh, we appreciate it. Thank you. God bless. All right. Uh, Janet Moran, everybody, I'll put up on social media her book where you can get it, that, especially that special website. That was great. I'm glad we caught that. I, I, I like that uh, to be able to do that with authors. We will take a break and we'll be right back. Don't forget ProAmericaReport.com. I'm going to say that ProAmericaReport.com to listen to this segment again, pass on other people. Uh, we'll take a break and be right back. Ed Martin here on the ProAmerica Report. Back in a moment. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report. A daily broadcast from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, a national volunteer organization founded by Phyllis Schlafly and continuing to uphold her legacy by honoring family values, opposing radical feminism, and representing a conservative perspective in our nation's capital. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. When was the last time you ever heard a politician talking about how much he wanted to raise your taxes? If you've ever heard that, it probably would be a first. Yet somehow the creatures of the Washington, D.C. swamp managed to eke out more and more from hardworking Americans all the time. How is it that they get away with it? Simply put, a politician will never promise to raise your taxes. Instead, they'll promise to raise someone else's taxes. This is where the left's tax the rich mantra comes in. Feeding off of the natural human instinct to covet the wealth of others, they convince countless Americans to seal their own fate. President Biden used tax the rich as the rallying cry for his astronomical $5.8 trillion budget proposal. Not only would his plan raise taxes for families, but it would also significantly increase the national corporate tax rate. What do you think of when you hear the term corporate tax rate? Perhaps you think of corner offices and skyscrapers and billionaire CEOs. Maybe you think those high paid executives can afford to take a financial hit. Sadly, those aren't the only people affected by the corporate tax rate. 
When American companies are forced to pay a higher tax rate than their overseas counterparts, we all suffer. The Made in America stickers become rarer and rarer. Grandparents who save their pennies to live comfortably in retirement will see their stock market portfolios make diminished returns. Prices for essential goods go up while wages stagnate or even go down. That's what an increased corporate tax rate means for the average American. You may never hear a politician admit that he plans to raise your taxes, but it's your job as a voter to read between the lines. Don't support more taxes for the wealthy. Don't support more taxes for the middle class. Don't support more taxes for businesses. Don't support more taxes for anyone. The government should show themselves capable of wisely using the money they already have before asking one penny more from the American taxpayer. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Liberal politicians cannot be allowed to manipulate tax laws regarding Social Security, charitable donations, retirement accounts, homeownership, and the definition of family. Low taxes and smaller government are core values at phyllisschlafly.com. Join us, won't you, at phyllisschlafly.com. And thanks for listening to the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I'm out of time. I'm out of time. I ran out of time. So quick hit. Uh, don't forget, visit ProAmericaReport.com. That's a big thing. PhyllisSchlafly.com also has a lot of writings. John Schlafly's work is there. Uh, go check that out. Thank you, as always, to Noah Dingley, our great, great producer, and Joanna Spilger, associate producer. Be back tomorrow. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Thanks for tuning in. America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs>